Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name's David Reed, and this man here, sat just to my right, is Marit Larwood. Marit, hello. Hello, David. Are you well? I've eaten a whole double-decker. A whole double-decker to yourself? Yeah. I have not had a double-decker in a decade. It, Maybe a double-decade. It is a very good chocolate bar. It is. What is the best? I had a boost for the first time don't like, three years ago. I don't like and the Cadbury's ones. I, I did like that. What? Who makes the double-decker? It's Cadbury. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't like a lot of their ones. I don't like the flakes. I don't like crunchies. Right. I don't like that twirls. I don't like any of that. I I tend to just go for Snickers for safety. <laughs> I mean, yeah, to and, be safe. And lately, you know where you are. I've really been enjoying Twixes. Mm. But they've become chocolate bars have gotten a lot smaller. Have they? No one's really talked about. I the think size your of hands have gotten bigger. No, they haven't. <laughs> have they not gotten bigger? No, at all. I went wow. to the doctors and he said they have not grown. <laughs> oh no! I'm sorry to hear that. Well, this is Film Fandango. We're here to talk about films rather than chocolate. But that's just a little brief taster of chat at the beginning, isn't it? Well, it's the quality. That's a sort of a, a, a testament to the quality of this podcast. Absolutely. It's got a, it's got a broad range. Um, but before we get on to films, we had rather an epic event last week. Well, who we? knew? Just what happened was... In our letter section, our very popular letter section... Oh, yes. That, uh, I mean, if you do carry on listening, we will get there in the middle of this podcast. Um, Martin Appleyard, who's been writing in with some frequency lately, yes. suggested that uh, Chris Webb had been our number one super fan since day one, had not been writing in so much, and he... Suggested that he should have the mantle of number one superfan, and yeah. that Chris Webb had outgrown his usefulness, <laughs> and a battle for the number one superfan ensued. Uh, on Facebook was the battleground. And how did you uh, set up the poll? Well, it was simply a post that uh, explained the the rules and said, "Like it if you want Chris Webb to remain the number one superfan." Or, in fact, make it official for the first time, because it's yes, never been official. Yeah. Or click love if you want Martin Appleyard. And I can tell you, it was, it was, a, it was a dirty contest, wasn't it? It was a rough battle. Well, normally one. with this sort of really sort of very niche and uh, not a particularly popular podcast, we get four or five likes. This one, 
Oh, it he ripped almost, the roof off the internet, almost, I think. Mark Zuckerberg had to reprogram Facebook. <laughs> he did, didn't he? Not over 90 likes. First of all, it started off just like an easy stroll for, to victory for Chris Webb. Getting yep. quite a few likes, no one really on Appleyard's side. Then, Appleyard answered with 20 or 30 unanswered votes all in one go which which almost as if he had asked his friends and family to participate and non-listeners yeah to vote for him i mean we didn't say that wasn't that wasn't allowed i I mean mean, a lot of apple yards uh uh, people share the apple yard name of very attractive young women (laughs) it's odd that isn't it but um yeah i mean some people uh flagrantly (laughs) disobeyed the rules or um or didn't understand them we had one person was angry at the post, uh, one person was shocked at the post, and one person was laughing. And and they, those results are spoiled ballots. They don't. Yeah, count. they're spoiled. A lot of people uh, were annoyed that they weren't in the running for the super fan. But uh, if you wanted that role, I'm you afraid write in the suggestion. They could have done, but they they just didn't lobby in time, did they? They didn't lobby enough votes to no. get counted. Well, it's Thursday. Um, we're pre-recording ahead of the day um, of the release of the podcast, which is tomorrow. And the votes are now closed. That's it. Right now, when I said it there, I'm staring at the figures here. Wow. And I now know who is the winner. Who is it? Of the contest. Can you give the numbers Where first of all? The Apple Yard. It was a close run thing, Marek. It was 50 votes, played 41 votes wow. in favour of Chris Webb. Chris Webb is the official number one Film Fandango superfan. So congratulations, Chris. Commiserations, Martin. But that's that's it now for a year. For a year or so. For a year. And if in a year's time, if you want to try and displace Chris Webb, we've got quite a few people. Uh, Fran Jolly, you yes. could say. Yeah, yeah. And Coletta. Very Absolutely. Uh, good, great fans. To name but two. Just two. But a lot of you, we do... Appreciate you writing in, um, but we'll, you have to wait till next year and try and get support, and we might have a wider poll. That's next year. right. That's right. We'll see. We'll see. But congratulations, Chris. Your your mantle is safe. I mean, of course, if you were to donate like a thousand pounds, then you can buy your. Oh, the system is utterly riggable. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like real politics. Yeah. Where if you give us a load of your money, then you just get bumped up. Where the person who donates the most should really be the best fan yeah catch, catch for super fans secretly we think those we like those people well we do we do like them the best um, well that's it not for this week we haven't talked about any films yet but that's that vote out of the way um, I mean for non for non regular listeners we've just lost a few of those I mean we've talked about chocolate bars and then two people they don't know alright ten minutes in I went to the cinema Great. I saw a film what did you go to see someone recommended it on either our Facebook or another page, I can't remember who. I went to see Hell or High Water, a crime drama. Right, it's got a very masculine poster, hasn't it? It's got men staring into space with guns. Yeah, it's got a good poster. Jeff Bridges and his um, uh, Mexican friend. <laughs> Is that the Not subtitle? It, Jeff Bridges and his Indian friend. Sorry, that's really bad are the uh, police officers. But the main two are played by Chris Pine, who you recognise from the Star Trek thing, and Ben Foster, 
who is... He's in a lot of things. He plays quite a bad guy. He's in 310 to Yuma. 30 Days of Night. He's in uh, The Mechanic, the remake of the Charles Bronson thing with Jason Statham that isn't very good. He's in uh, uh, X-Men Last Stand. He's very good. He plays unlikable characters, really, doesn't he? Yes, he tends to. A bit rat-like characters. Yeah, but he's sort of a ratty version of uh, Ryan Gosling, isn't he? Rat Gosling. Rat Gosling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryan Gosling... Shit, brother. Um, Ryan Rattling. Yeah. Anyway, they're brothers. And they decide, you don't know why, to go and rob a load of banks because they need money for a certain time. They only rob small banks and they only rob banks for a specific branch. Barclays? Sort of. The the, the Texas version of Bar... No, the Texas version of Santander. Oh, okay. So a big one. No, 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 small, a small, small. Oh, a small one. Yeah, so uh, co-op. The co-op bank, yeah. okay. Um, they don't exist anymore. Uh, well, I can't think of a small bank. They're called Smile and you have to use the post office. Okay. They <laughs> rob a small version, bank of that and they're just... Um, it's just a sort of half-road movie and you've got these parallel stories of those two robbing banks and you gradually find out why they're trying to get the money and Jeff Bridges is just about to retire as pretty much all old police officers are in oh, films. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you see an old police officer over 60 in a film, yeah. no doubt that his plot line is going to be, he it's his last case. Well, that's it. But I suppose, look at it this way. If somebody handed you a script and for your production company and um, and in it, the policeman happened to mention he was going to retire in five, four or five years. Yeah. What note would you put? You just go. Could this be more dramatic? Could it be his last case? Question mark. Yeah. I mean, that's what's going to happen every time, isn't it? Well, I don't know if I would. Oh, really? What would you say? Could he? Could more he, bumming. Could he be younger? <laughs> more bumming, put, please. More, more bumming in, please. You just have that rubber stamped. You don't even bother with a pen. Yeah. Where, where's the bumming? Uh, excuse me. Where's the bumming thing? Is well, it's not really relevant. I think it is. <laughs> it should be. <laughs> Um, it's not for us. This someone recommended this film. It feels as though you know those films you watch. I mean, I'm enjoying this. Yes. And I'm. It could. It's on the verge of being a brilliant film, mm. but never quite makes it. Yes. So it got the ingredients, but it just wasn't. Ten, not enough happened in the plot. I knew what was going to happen. All the actors are really good. It's nice to see Chris Pine. I really rate Chris Pine actually because he, yeah, he's he's he pays these sort of uh, non-winnable parts like uh, what's his Captain Kirk yes and he still does that well and that's, you could have really been slagged off for doing that he's really funny in Into the Woods the Stephen oh, really? Sondheim yeah musical he, he's he's got the the one good scene in it really but, yeah yeah this is a bit of a darker role for him. Um, and it's more of a it sort of feels like one of those films that just, they get paid they do the Hollywood ones and this is the ones they do that they want to yeah, do yeah yeah but it never really hits that fourth gear fifth, fifth gear, gear fifth gear reverse sixth it never gear really, it, <laughs> it's good but ultimately I didn't feel it felt it was slightly forgettable right I enjoyed it it's something you could watch. I would recommend watching it when it comes out. It's a telly movie. It's a streaming movie. Yeah. Um, seven, so, I did, give it seven Marics. Did somebody recommend this to you? Someone wrote in, in some format, 
and I looked it up just two minutes prior to doing this podcast when right. I was eating my double decker I wasn't able to find it so that person will is lost in the ether forever well if you'd like uh, credit for uh, recommending a 7 that marriage out of 10 film then do contact us I enjoyed it and I wouldn't have gone to see it otherwise I think Jeff Bridges is always watchable isn't he I think he's great I love him and it's, a bit different. it's a bit different for it's a bit of a different role for Jeff Bridges actually playing someone a bit nastier than normal yeah. you assume he's not you assume he's nice because his voice is the most gentle voice in film probably isn't it I was talking about this I can't remember if it was on the podcast or with friends because I'm like an asshole. I talk about films outside this podcast come off well. it mate but about actors who are better than their parent who was also a famous actor Oh, you might Lloyd Bridges. Yeah, I think. But he was Lloyd Bridges. He it's was, fantastic. But Jeff Bridges is just so watchable. What was that film when that we saw? We talked about when there was a young Lloyd Bridges in it. I can't remember what it was. Oh yeah. And he was playing completely different That's right. to the older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because he before Airplane, he was a sort of straight actor, wasn't he? And it? don't forget Bo Bridges. Bo Bridges, yeah. I mean, the fabulous Baker Boys is an underrated film. You realise just how handsome Jeff Bridges was then. He was very handsome. Was a really handsome. Oh, he was so dishy. <laughs> it wasn't Sea Hunt, was it? Don't think we've talked about no, Sea Hunt. No, it was. Oh, I can't remember what it was. Some Western. I think it was in the IMDb Top One Hundred. Okay. I mean, that's if 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 you are a new listener, that is the sort of professionalism you can expect me to provide throughout this podcast. Anyway, to Hello High Water, it was enjoyable. Without being spectacular. Seven out of ten Mavericks. Well, there we go. Now I think it's time for this. Okay. He's a letter. Okay, who's it from? Tom Kerwin. Tom Kerwin writes... Dear David Marrick, Daniel Shaked Abyss and Buddy. Just heard the listener who wrote in about YouTube and Vimeo recommendations and remembered the best film I've seen on either. Lights Out. And uh, you can look that up on Vimeo apparently. You may have already seen this short. It's topical because the full-length film of the same name by the same filmmaker is in cinemas right now. It's a bit of a masterclass in economy. Keep watching the films and all that, Tom. Uh, Right, so... Lights out. Um, in, it's in the cinemas at the moment. I've not. I've not heard of that. Uh, I haven't either. I'm going to look that up because I must have gone to the toilet when they mentioned that. Yeah, when they mention all the films at the beginning of the films. Um, of course, it isn't the best thing on YouTube. The best thing on YouTube is my YouTube channel, <laughs> which you need to all subscribe to, whether you watch it or not, so I can go and use YouTube Studios. When I get 10 million thousand subscribers. 10 million thousand. That's or 10,000. 10,000. You can go and use their studios and stuff like that. Oh, because you're making them enough money to warrant you coming yeah, back. Yeah, I mean, I don't make any money out of it. But if... Don't forget to subscribe and click on the adverts. I mean, one of the best films on YouTube is actually the film David made some years ago Which for our, with Buddy. Oh, Buddy, Buddy Movie. It's called Buddy Movie, is it? Buddy Movie, and then there's Buddy Movie 2, The Mug of Time. Yeah, so look those up on YouTube if you want to see some Yeah, the film starring Buddy the Dog. If you'd like to know what he looks like, then you can look those up. Um, any more letters? Yes. 
Oh, man, this is this is written on the fifth of September, so it's quite an old one. Oh but wow, we really from, haven't been getting through these. Well, it's from Martin Appleyard. Martin Appleyard. Sorry, Martin. Um, do you want to read it? Cause I, I've forgotten how to read. Oh, okay. Do you want me to teach you how to read a bit later? Yeah. Okay, cool. Hello, David Marrican Buddy. I can't ever remember you talking about the documentary Trophy Kids on the podcast before. You really need to see this. I would love to hear David's intelligent and thoughtful opinions on it and Marek's rage and anger towards the people within it. I'm glad, I'm glad you lost, you prick. <laughs> the main protagonists in this documentary have fewer redeeming features than the Death Squad members in The Act of Killing and this lot are all parents. The documentary focuses on five parents trying to seek the fame and fortune they never had through pushing their kids to be successful at sports. You have a foul-mouthed basketball dad who gets banned from his kids' games for being too abusive, the underhand basketball dad who gets the coach sacked because he wasn't picking his son to play, the God-bothering tennis mum who believes that it is God's will that her twin sons are successful at tennis, and the bullying American football dad who crushes his son's confidence at every opportunity because it will make him into a man. These are all truly terrible people, but the worst of all is Golf Dad, who has a bright and talented seven-year-old daughter whose coach believes will be a real talent if nurtured in the right way. The dad's way of nurturing his child is to berate her and call her a stupid bitch when she hits a poor shot. It's truly astonishing and maddening to watch these parents ruin their kids' lives whilst proclaiming to camera that they only want what's best for them. It can't be described as an enjoyable watch because it makes you so angry, but I do recommend it. Seven Martins, keep watching the films, Martin Appleyard. That sounds... sounds You know, we've talked about it before. The best documentaries managed to find these characters that if you wrote them you'd go nah mate that's a bit much oh mate I am nah nah oh exaggerated I don't think anyone in that voice would use that they word. didn't do this you oh, were exaggerated oh man you was over exaggerating again <laughs> you extended beyond the boundaries of your own reality man <laughs> uh, right, trophy kids okay thank you Martin we'll look that up as well I keep having to add things to my list and I, I'm watching films at a slower rate than I'm adding them but you know um, there's lots of good stuff out there at the moment it feels like good stuff's coming back to the cinemas again uh, after a bit of a fallow patch I don't know about that really I what? think there is there's some stuff that looks fascinating like um, uh, Swiss Army Man have you seen the trailer for this no it's Paul Dano carrying the corpse of Daniel Radcliffe around oh I heard and then the corpse that, yeah. speaks and he starts to have basically a buddy movie slash romantic relationship with his imagination of what the corpse is saying it's really it looks really weird I like Paul awesome Dan, eh? yeah Paul Dan is good right one more letter yeah why not this is from Phil subject Beards in film. <laughs> Hello, Merrick. M A R E K. Merrick, it's spelt. Hello, Merrick, David, and Buddy. Long time listener, apart from the ones when you talk about films I haven't seen and I don't want to hear any spoilers. Buddy, get off, Buddy. Uh, <laughs> Is that what that, you was, said? that was Buddy standing on my groin. Um, I beg your pardon. Okay. Last week, well, 3rd of September, so a few weeks ago, was World Beard Day. With this in mind, I thought I'd share my view on fake facial hair in films. Basically, a bad beard can spoil a whole film for me. Some examples would be Kevin Costner in Dancing with Wolves, Matthew Broderick in Glory, and Piers Brosnan in Die Another Day. I'm sure I'm not sure if it's me or whether anyone has anyone else has something similar. 
Another thing that jars on occasion is a badly photoshopped photo in a film, e.g. maybe showing the main character when they were younger, but obviously superimposed. Do you have any thoughts? Cheers, Phil. I, I totally agree, Phil. It's, fa- it's, it's wonderful that how far prosthetics have come, and now with uh, digital as well, how much more they can do, and yet how fake beards are still shit. Like, I, I, um, I'm in a new TV show that's coming out on Channel 4, and I went to the screening of one episode the other day, and, it, and, and it's come out really well. I won't tell you the name of it, because I don't want to insult the costume people, the makeup people, but there's a fake beard in it, which is just like, whoa, why is, why is this just a man with a fake beard? That's all you can see, is just a bloke with a fake beard. And it's just like, why is he got... Well, that's because uh, um, when they... Uh... They were really worried when it went from SD to HD. Yes. And this is what about... I'm talking about when I was working about 10 years ago. And all the... Um, when you have your... Well, I did kids' shows. So there's loads of wigs and beards because I'm bored always get wigs. It's sort of like a netting that the hair's sewn yeah, into. Yeah, the hair's sort of wo- woven into a net and then that, that fine mesh is glued to your skin and then sort of covered over in makeup but if it's HD you can see it you, you know, can no see the, the actual netting so they've got they've got to cut it back and because they're everyone's got different type of heads, such old wigs and they've got such mm. it's the same wigs they go to like, there used to be a, a BBC wig store yeah. run by this really weird sort of 70 year old man with blue eyelashes um, who was a really predatory homosexual um, <laughs> uh, anyway uh I went there when I was doing a show where to pick out wigs and things and you just they all there's tons and tons of but they're all ruined they've all got glue on them from previous jobs they've all been in such bad condition and you imagine it being in really sort of having all the money for it but it's just getting a load of wigs in hoping they fit the actors heads and then trying to cover up the the spaces where the wig doesn't fit properly and the beards are horrible you know it glues your face and you've got actors like scratching it all day they're half falling off all the time it's gross but what uh, I do think, uh, but uh, there's another film. Badly, uh, it amazes me how bad every single Photoshop photo is, especially when they've got two, you know, a family. Yeah. So they've got two young photos of people and tried to put them in a matching photo. Yeah, yeah. And it it's always appalling. And it's it really takes you out of the reality as well. But then Photoshop has been famously bad in films for years. Not just that. I mean, the number of posters where they have spent thousands on printing these things and making them huge and putting them over every big city in the world and they look cock because mm. they've just slapped the actor's head onto a model's body mm. you know it's it is amazing a friend of mine is now um she probably won't mind me saying um Idol Sukan who's mm. a photographer and is now uh, just uh, doing um exactly that taking photos and doing stuff for the art department in a film and oh, really? yeah, having someone who knows what they're doing is absolutely invaluable yeah. for that stuff. No, because it's really weird, isn't it? When you, it's always the obligatory um, uh, Nicholas Cage when he was a young man with his young family, and it's just like so clearly just an just old. Just don't photo. show a photo. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's, thanks for your letters. Yes, thank you. Uh, now I went to see a film as well. Hello. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, which one are we talking about? I've forgotten. Oh, yes. I saw a film that I wanted to see when it came out of the cinema, and then I saw slightly shit reviews, and I was like, maybe I'm going to save my money. But it sounded interesting. It was called Hardcore Henry. Mm-hmm. 
and it's by a Russian writer-director who made a short film, which was a music video for a band, for a song called Bad Motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And it was a... The entire thing was basically an action sequence with punching and shooting guns and jumping out of windows and everything you'd expect, with, with some gore as well, you know, blood splatters and everything, but entirely from POV. So why it sort of went viral on the internet is because it was like watching a video game. Uh, like the prodigy, Smack My Bitch Up. Exactly yeah. like Smack My Bitch Up, only th- 20 years later. <laughs> it was it was just very well done. And what let them do it, because it had parkour bits and stuff in it as well, was GoPro cameras. It was basically the first people to do what you could do with a GoPro and a stuntman um, if you bothered planning it and doing it all properly. So this is... I'll, I'll find his name for you so you can look him up. I still think this is the only thing he's done. But... Um, He's a Russian dude, and the film Hardcore Henry is exactly the same. It's a action uh, sci-fi, slightly sci-fi um, film, entirely from the protagonist's POV. It, it, does it work? Is it good? Well, there's a couple of things here. The dialogue is as bad as the worst uh, computer game dialogue, and bad computer game dialogue is atrociously bad because it's just telling you go to this point and telling you to kill Can everyone along the way hey here's the map go to here and I will meet you there things like, things like this you know and it's I should have written some of it down but it's uh, the dialogue is utterly appalling and what is also slightly unforgivable for the genre is that a lot of the action sequences are almost unwatchable because the quality of the GoPro camera isn't quite good enough. You know, they are not... When did it come out? It came out, um, I think, last year. Because you've seen... I just literally... I watched this vlogger called Casey Neistat, who's amazing. Yes. They just put out this new GoPro in a drone. Right. And, and there's an actual gimbal in the drone. Yes. And you can take the gimbal out and use it. Well, gimbal you might... means you've got steady cam on the thing, and, and it's 4K. Yeah, yeah. So... Well, you might know more about this because you know about the tech, but it was the GoPro Hero 3. Oh, is it's the on one the GoPro Hero 5 now. Right. Well, they, yeah, the technology must be racing ahead. And, you know, for YouTube videos, it's, it's great. You know, it's exactly what you need. But when yeah. you're watching it on a big screen, and they're moving around so much, and they're throwing their stuntman around you actually find it quite hard to watch. Okay. So so for all that that is the selling point of being in the centre of the action of a film, it, it isn't actually that enjoyable experience to watch. The, the star turn of this is the supporting uh, character that Shalto Copley plays, who's the guy from District 9. And he plays this guy, Jimmy, who keeps getting killed and then turning up again uh, as a different character and you're like what's going on but he's still called Jimmy but he's a different guy anyway that's part of the plot but he's having a whale of a time playing loads of different people and there's a there's a genuinely fun bit in the middle where he does a song and dance sequence playing all of the different people but he can only have a consciousness in one of them at a, t- at a time so after he's finished a line they collapse on the floor and another one walks in the door is it so is is it is it totally original or is it 
Does it feel like it's an original idea that's not worked? Or? It, yeah, it's it feels like um, every computer game you've ever played. Oh, so okay. wakes up, no memory, has been turned into a super soldier, has to escape the facility, then find out the truth, and then take down the baddie. When was that it's, first done? Wasn't it? I remember reading a fighting fantasy book called Creature of Havoc. Right. You know, the Ian Livingston and Steve yeah, Jackson yeah, yeah. ones, where you wake up as a monster and you have to find out who... You have no memory. Yeah, yeah, you wake up in a room, you do not know who you are. Yeah, it's it it goes right back to the 80s in computer games, doesn't it? Because it's the easiest way to say, you know, well, you you know as much as he yeah. does. Um it's a real shame be- this film because it's a great idea and there's some enjoyable bits in it. I did enjoy it, but it's just it's hugely misogynistic, like horribly so. And the dialogue is crap and there's some really shit acting in it and it's actually quite unpleasant aesthetically to watch because the GoPro cameras aren't quite good enough so and it does always feel like you are watching the cut a cut scene from a computer game or some footage from a computer game but never really with any real reason why you'd want to Mm. you know you get greater clarity in computer games themselves but you don't feel like you're in a tangible reality in this to give you something then different to what you already get. Rubbish game can't even play. Exactly. Exactly. So it's I don't know I I sort of praise its endeavour but it doesn't quite work for me. And I'd probably give it six Davids. Oh, I thought we were going to go lower. Yeah. Six Davids. You know, it, there's some. I, I I I give it a lot for going hey let's try something nobody's done before. You know? yeah. I'm sure people have tried entirely POV before as you say smack my bitch up but the idea of strapping go uh, pro cameras to people and jumping out of windows and jumping on you know it's um, it's an interesting thing to try you know it's just this comes across as a bit you've just stolen everything from other people oh you arsehole yeah it, you know it feels like um, the baddie feels like he's from Metal Gear Solid the yeah. a lot of it's you know it does yeah it does that thing as well which I think is pretty much 101 you are a shit writer which is well we need to go meet someone to have an expositional conversation how do we make that not boring set it in a strip club you can be surrounded by naked people yeah like, oh fuck off shop is more likely isn't it well exactly cafe where do you bump him to be a in a shop on the, or on the train I mean you have to pay to get into a strip club it's a stupid place to go meet somebody yeah yeah, it's a lot uh, it's difficult to concentrate. It is, exactly. It's very distracting. Uh, Shalto Copley, I still enjoy. I think he's I think he's great and should be used in more things, you know. Chappie didn't do very well, and he's only the voice of a robot in that, but I quite enjoyed it. Jebby. I didn't see Jebby. I am Jebby. It was a, such a rubbish name for the robot, Chappie. Chappie, it is, it's terrible. I assume it's something that doesn't quite translate, you know, from... Uh, it's a weird name. What's his name? That uh, Dev Patel seems to be in films where there's a lot of crap names, like The Last of the Airbender. Yeah, the Last Airbender, yeah. yeah. That, and Chappie. He is beginning to believe he is a bender. Dev Patel. Dev Patel. Um, all right, then. Well, if... That's it. That is it. If you'd like to write in and have your letter read out, then go to filmfandango.com and click on the contact form and we'll get it from there. Also, we do all of this for free. So if you'd like to donate towards our running costs, because going to the cinema is getting more and more expensive, because fewer people are going, I guess is the reason. It's just us. 
it's just me and Mario, then please, again, go to filmfandango.com and click the donate button. Everyone who has, thank you, thank you very much. Thank Especially you. those who have set up a subscription to pay per episode. You are heroes amongst men and women. Everyone is kind. Everyone is kind. That That's the moral to this week's episode. We'll be back next week. Keep, Keep watching, watching the, the films. films. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.